0: Podcasting from inside the stash. I'm Jenny. I'm Nicole. And this is Stash and Burrow.
1: Hello! Hi Jenny! How are you?
0: I am good, how are you?
2: I'm good.
0: Yeah, how's Matilda?
2: She is asleep. Nice. Yay!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, um I thought we would just start by talking about what we're working on and then lots of catching up and, and a couple of topics actually. I know. I'm so specific. <laughs> <laughs> but um so are you are you knitting on anything right now? Oh
2: <sighs> nothing exciting. <laughs> I, I finished the bad oyster, which was great. I love that pattern.
0: And is that did you make a second one?
2: No, but I'm thinking about it. It's like one of those projects that, like, it looks really nice with the fringe after you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I feel like that kind of fringe, you know, unless you manually put it on, there aren't that many patterns that create that type of thing. Um, so it's in really nice finish. Um, and I loved... Knitting in the electric rows. And I'm thinking about just turning all of my sock yarn into bad oysters so, and just having one in my purse all the time.
0: Um, yeah. After you had started knitting yours originally, and then I was looking at all of them online, I realized, I don't know if the original pattern is knit in Madeline Tosh uh, Merino Light, but, um, but a number of people have knit it in that. And I have some in my stash in Tarte. And I've always thought, oh, I should knit some, like, intricate shawl. But I think it's actually kind of a great shawl or great yarn shawl match because it's a stickier merino, right. so it won't seem as scary when I cut it open, maybe. It's
2: not that scary. I'm, I mean, I just I, – I used like, these tiny embroidery scissors because oh, they man. just happened to be what I had lying around near me when I was ready to cut it. And uh, you just cut in between – the two rows of 10, just right mm-hmm. in the middle. And it's always super clear where you're supposed to cut because like, I didn't take this, those stitches off the needles yet. Mm-hmm. I just started cutting. Um, and then you just unravel them and, and then you just block it and it turns out great.
0: You know, the other thing, and of course I have the pattern, but I think it's one of those patterns that I need to be knitting to fully understand it. Um, It seems like you should be able to add some sort of motif on the border. Am I crazy to think that?
2: I think you can add a motif wherever you want to add a motif. Because it's just a blank stockinette body. Right. Um, um, And and you're you're just...
0: Yeah. You could have like a a kind of a lateral cable or something that would run
2: along the side. You, You could do that. I think a cable might pull... Mm, mm-hmm. Funny. No, I see what um, you mean. Because, like, the way that it increases, like, every row, it makes that, that, those, the edges kind of tight, mm-hmm. which kind of prevents it from unraveling. mm mm-hmm. um, But I think you could use any kind of stitch pattern in the body if you wanted.
0: hmm I should probably just knit one so I understand the construction. I'm so much better once I've done something. Although I say that and I have, um, I've been thinking about knitting another Zuzu's petals, but Mm -hmm. for some reason I can't wrap my head around changing out the stitch pattern. What I'd like to do is have a different lace pattern, but for some reason I can't, I can't get my brain to work that way. Um, so I am working on the Ashlyn cardigan, uh, that, uh, it's an Amy Herzog pattern.
2: Is that how you say
0: that? Yeah. I, I, well, first of all, I looked up like a million different pronunciations. <laughs> so I assumed it was Aislinn. Right. Um, and there, there was this whole debate about how you pronounce it and how somebody in some movie is named A-I-S-I-L-I-L-I-N-N, um, and it stars Sean Connery, and he says it the whole time, Aislinn, and it drives people crazy. But I think it's supposed to be sort of Ash, Ashlin.
1: That is
2: hilarious. Yes, I had no idea. It was always Eastland in my head.
0: Sorry, we have a a, we have a visitor.
2: (laughs) Oh, does this give me time to grab my knitting?
0: It gives you more than time to grab your knitting. All right, I'll be right back. Hey, Papa, you're supposed to be in bed. All right. So yes, there. It seems to be that it's something like Ashland, even though (laughs) it's it's a Gaelic name I'm assuming. So Great. anyway, I'm knitting Ashlyn. Nice. And it um I knit the back and I've decided to knit the fronts at the same time. Uh-huh. Which I think will be challenging in Isn't the, that a lot of balls of yarn? It's just two, but it is two and they're big balls of yarn. Um but I think it's gonna be worth it to not have to meticulously write notes and follow them. Because if I don't uh, see do the bus is shaping. The bus shaping and it's there's a lace pattern and the um you know there's just a lot going on. There's there's a lace and then there's a little tiny cable and there's shaping. And there's actually there are a lot of elements to the design which right. don't look overwhelming, but I think it will be much more straightforward despite the extra time it might take to knit them both at the same time. Right. At the same time, yeah, because I know that how I am and I know that I'll take notes and I'll think I'll remember and uh-huh. I'll think that I'll cast on the second um, front right away, but it'll take me a week and then I'll forget right. something and then I'll go, half, you know, the whole thing. Right. Of course, it already has been a little bit of a disaster. I did, I was doing both of them for the ribbing and I forgot which side to slip the stitch on for one of the fronts and it just didn't look good. And I was only like 14 rows in, so I ripped out and I'm knitting the, so I'm knitting them separately. I'm going to put them together to, to knit them. Um, and I think my plan is to do that also with the sleeves, but i have I've already made a lot of modifications, um, probably most notably shortening it Mm -hmm. and I went back and forth for like a week. Should I knit the 35 or the 37? And my, my, the way she suggests measuring is to, um, knit Like right under the armpits, right, right? under the, yeah, to do the bust measurement that's under your armpits. And that's 35 on me. And for this pattern, she suggests choosing a size that has two inches of ease in that measurement. So that would mean I would knit the 37. Right. But I actually then did another calculation based on a suggestion that she has in her Craftsy class, which is to measure kind of the distance between your armpits, uh-huh. your shoulders, essentially. And then also add up what is the measurement from the finished object, the neck and the shoulder. So what I realized is that this is, even though I'm a 35 around, the distance right here on me is uh-huh. barely 13 inches. Wow. So the size 37 would have given me like it would have put my shoulder seams almost out to the edge of my shoulders. Uh So I decided to go with the 35. So then I perseverate and perseverate, right? And it turns out the 35 and the 37 fronts are knit exactly the same, except for some more decreases above the bust. So I actually didn't have to worry about it at all. I could have just started knitting. Right. So um, I don't actually have to do that many calculations. It was really the calculations I had to do was – Making the right number of decreases before my waist because that distance is much shorter right on me. It was only five and a half inches to the smallest part of my waist, and then it's nine inches from there to under my arm, which um on the pattern it's more like eight on the lower part and seven on the upper part-huh so it was really changing proportion there for me um so, which I then again have to do on the fronts, and would like to only have to do it once and not have to refigure it twice, so right. so is, go ahead. for the
2: for the decreases above the bust um, where are those placed
0: That is a good question, but they 're mostly i don 't i, I don 't know specifically in this pattern, but the way she suggests doing it is in to the neckline. You don't want okay. to do them on the arm size. You just, you don't want to mess with anything on the way that the arm size is written. You okay. just want to change. You want to try to get them up here because you know, in my head I'm envisioning them as another set of dart, like opposite darts, but they're not right. quite right. like that. It's not like a decreased line there. It's more subtle trying to consume them into the neckline.
2: I see. All right. So, Cause I was confused about how like, when you use the measurement, your for your under bust or like your your armpit, whatever mm-hmm. the over whatever that measurement is upper called, to- under upper, your armpits, upper
0: torso.
2: Right. I was wondering how you account for yeah the whole bust shaping.
0: Yeah, that is. I'm um, I'm lucky. I feel that that the 35 and the 37 are written in this way that right. I won't have to do that. Um. So it will be more challenging the next time I, if I do have to do that, that decreasing right there. But from what I understand, it's, it happens in the neckline.
2: Well, that is
0: exciting. I'm
2: dying to cast on a new sweater. I'm so sick of the sweaters I'm knitting, (laughs) but, uh,
0: have you, I feel like
2: I just have to persevere, you know?
0: Right. Any major progress? Are you like almost there on either of them? Well, and I mean, by, we're talking about buttercup and then your yellow cabled card again, right, right, yeah,
2: I mean, I'm mostly knitting on buttercup, and i I mean I'm making some progress, but I mean, it's a light fingering weight yarn, it's just taking forever <laughs> it just it just will take forever. Maybe I should just cast something new on, but then I won't knit on it, and then it'll just sit in a box waiting to be knit.
0: John's um, on standby to fill in for me if I have to go help with Adrian again. He's <laughs> okay. Uh, there's, there's notes right here, dear. You I, love, can use.
1: I love the Iran sweater.
0: <laughs> 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 I have detailed notes. He really could probably just step in and read what's here on, on my own. It is very clear. You
1: know what I'm going
0: to say? Crochiers can kiss my ass. No. Your guest appearance is over. Um, I am going to advise you not to cast on another sweater.
2: I know. I
0: know. As gratifying know. as that might be, what are you knitting right now?
2: Uh, this is that little baby sweater.
0: This is the placket sweater from.
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to use up that, Rios. <laughs> How many baby sweaters can you get out of two skeins of Rios?
0: That was it? You only had two skeins? Uh, I think so. Oh my goodness.
2: A lot, apparently.
0: A lot of baby sweaters.
2: Yeah. That is at least At least two. Wow. Maybe maybe two plus a couple of hats.
0: Wow. That Rios, it keeps on giving.
2: Well, that five-hour baby sweater does not take that much yarn. Mm -hmm. And this placket pullover... Is not gonna take very much yarn. Although I'm thinking about making a bigger size because I was looking at one of her other sweaters, which man, when things get too small, they they get... just all of a sudden get <laughs> tiny. And you're like, what happened? She did not grow that much um in like a week. But but they grow I all she did.
0: over. Yeah. You know? It's just like the hulk they're like baby hulks, right? They just like burst out of their clothes. <laughs>
2: I know. It's
0: kind of mind-blowing. Um, I am also working on a bottom-up raglan for Adrienne that I started originally, who knows how long ago, at least two years ago. And at some point I thought, oh, this is too big. I'm going to have to start over. So I put it aside. And guess what? Right. Now it's not going to be too big. <laughs> Yay! But, so, my there's a couple things because I'm just sort of winging it. I'm it's knit in Barocco vintage chunky
1: uh-huh.
0: and, um, bottom up. And I'm looking at a lot of standard sweater sizing and it's kind of interesting how short sweaters are made for kids. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about sweaters I had as a kid and how like they really were short, like almost cropped. Like, so, one thing is I'm struggling with how long to make it. The other is I want to ask your expert advice about raising the back because I do want to do a little short row. How do you, where do you, do you just wing that or do you have a sort of standard practice when you are going to raise the back um, on a sweater that you, you know I'm talking about, right? The, yeah. The times I've done it and I've, you
2: know, you read easy and she's like,
0: just throw a couple of short rows every
2: Every couple of inches, just on the back. For the whole And you'll be fine. Okay. I mean, I think I did it for one of Harold's sweaters, and I maybe did four short rows.
0: Hmm. The problem is that this is striped, the sweater, and so it's like, I can't do it that often without really feeling like I'm going to throw off the way it looks. Right. Hmm. I'm wondering if I could do like, really just raise it up because it's a bulky weight. Maybe just do a couple in the in each of the top two motifs, like in of stripes, like one stripe. I I almost feel like you know, I just it doesn't need to be that wide of a neckline. Like I don't want to not do it, but I also feel like is it worth doing? <laughs> I mean, it might not
2: be worth doing.
0: Is there a knitted collar? No. Oh, well, I'm just going to do a... I mean, I'm going to do whatever I want, right? So I'm just making it up. So I'm going to do a ribbed Because you could just raise raise the collar, you know, the neck neck area. Yeah, that's true. Because
2: that's really where you notice it.
0: Actually, what I could do is in the last stripe before going to the neckline do two short rows and then do right. two in the ribbing. And that would right. throw off, that would be the least disruptive to the striping.
2: Right. Um, or maybe I, maybe I did more like eight sets of short rows for Harold's sweater. I can't remember.
0: Well, I'm hoping also I can get away with fewer because it's a bulky yarn or chunky
2: yeah, yarn. Yeah. And he's a little kid. Like, plus like, I feel like everything that Matilda's is wearing now is basically the same in the front and the back. You know, because of the the uh, way the boat neck um neck opening is mm-hmm. for all these kids' clothes,
0: right, but I think part of that is um babies have no huge heads and huge heads compared to their yeah their body um, so um and then the the third project that I'm working on is um uh, this. Little idea I had um, earlier in May to make um, hangers for air plants,
1: <laughs> and
0: the uh-huh. idea was to make like a little container that would be a, serve as a pendant, and you could wear it as a necklace. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I did a test with some of the um, rowan summer tweed that I had left over. Uh-huh. And it looks good, but the yarn was way too bulk- bulky. So, uh-huh. of course, I was like, oh, maybe I need to get yarn. Because none of the cottons I had, nothing I had was skinny enough. I guess I could have done it in a wool. But for some reason, I got it in my head that I needed a fingering or lace weight cotton. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, I needed it. I needed it. So, I, I did I did a little fall off the sheep. But it was in, within my yarn budget. So, right now, my strategy is... is for every yarn in, I have to have three yard. Every yard in, I have to have three yards out. So in my yarn bank, I had plenty. I had plenty of savings, like a thousand yards. I could buy up to a thousand yards, and <laughs> I went to, which I did not want to do, because God knows what I didn't need was a thousand yards of lace weight cotton. So, but I, I was, I first encountered, um, Pacucho has a lace weight cotton. And uh-huh. as you can imagine, it is like sitting on a cloud. It is so soft. Right. Um, but it was 500 yards. So I put it down and I walked away. <laughs> and I ended up going to a Verb and finding a really lovely lace weight cotton by Habu, uh-huh.
1: um,
0: which was only 265 yards. So far <laughs> fewer yards in. Just Excellent. Keeping the number down, especially since these airplane hangers, I mean, at, at best, they are going to take 20 or 30 yards each. So That's a lot.
2: That's a lot of hangers. Do yes. you
0: have any pictures? Um, I do have one of the summer tweed one. I think it's just called oh, airplants. I Hanger. see. So I guess I should back up a little bit if people don't know what air plants are. Air plants are these little bromeliads that do not require to be planted in soil. They, they are suspended in... They're
2: like a, in, a succulent that right. people put in like glass jars Mm -hmm.
0: and you do need to water them they don't actually live on just air (laughs) but um like what you can do is just dip them in water overnight and then you do that like once a week or even i think less often so the idea of the hanger would be that it would be a pendant and you could literally if it's in in cotton i guess even if it was in wool but i thought in cotton you put the whole thing under in the water and then you pull it out and you can hang it on the wall or you can wear it as a necklace is my idea. So I don't have a full prototype yet. Um, but I do have the yarn. So,
2: Are you going to make it like a mesh or um, is it going to be,
0: well, the one that I made was more solid. I've talked to, I talked to somebody who's knit, who had knit one from a pattern by Julie Weisenberger. And she said, you can't, you can't really make it like a stretchy mesh. Uh
2: huh.
0: Um, so what I did with the one that I did make was I just sort of knit it to the size of the plant
2: uh-huh.
0: and then kind of shove the plant down a little bit. I think these other ones in the lace weight are going to be more open and a little more giving then. Mm-hmm. My thought is to knit them on threes maybe, maybe mm-hmm. fours. We'll see how it goes. So, And then what...
2: Are you going to do eye cord for the yes, pendant part for,
0: for the necklace part? Yeah, 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 yeah that's what I was, and that's I actually had knit the eye cord for um a necklace for the one that I did make, but it just it it was too bulky. Right. Um Summer Tweed I think says it's an aran or a worsted, but it it easily could be a a bulky, <laughs> I think. Right. It's quite hearty yarn. Right. So so that's what I've been working on. Um, couple, like a quick update on the uh, slowly but surely making a blanket along. That thread's gotten a little quiet, although I know people are still working hard. I, um, in between March and April, crocheted over 30 motifs in, wow. for Babette, and this month so far I have crocheted zero. So um, I think it's going to be one of these things Babette's just going to kind of Come and go. I probably have about 30 more to go. Maybe uh-huh. fewer than 30. And then... The- well, May's not over yet. <laughs> May's not over yet. Yeah, I could get bitten by the crochet bug. The problem is, is every time I pick it up, it's all I want to do. It's uh-huh. it's kind of like a torrid love affair or something where I'm like, oh, I have to stay away from you and I can't stay away from you. <laughs> like, I'm just... See, that's the problem with having
2: multiple things going because right. other... Everything else just languishes. So I I am totally becoming a monogamous knitter.
0: It helps. It really yeah. I have become I have much more even though I talked about three projects, it's it's only mainly I have three because there are times where Ashlyn is gonna to be too hard to work on in certain settings. Um and I really wanna finish this sweater for Adrian because I wanna use the rest of the yarn for another project. So I'm like Trying to chug through it so I know how much yarn okay. I have for this other for the other project is a another Rebecca Danger and a monster. Um, so it is, um, yeah. It it does help though because you have the focus and you just kind of keep through going and get stuff done. Um, or you have a blanket that has been on the crochet hook since 2007. <laughs>
2: So, um, yeah and by monogamy I mean like three projects instead of more than three right.
0: um, the Uli group is doing well um, use it or lose it cycle five um, is ending today as we record this um, so probably won't have picked winners for this month Uh, The um, prizes this month are um, uh, patterns from Brenda Castile, um, who's good stuff on Ravelry. She has quite an extensive pattern library, and I think what we'll do is we have three patterns of hers, and I'm going to do randomly draw three different winners. Um, That was a suggestion last month from a listener that maybe we can spread the love, so you have more of a chance to win a pattern. So um, thank you, Brenda, for being the donor for Uli 05. And our donor for Uli 06 is our friend Judy Marples, Pearl Bumps. And um, we'll have some patterns from her to give away, but we can talk about that um, next time. But I just wanted to say thank you to both Brenda and to Judy. Yay. Um, And then I'm looking ahead a little bit to the Use It or Lose It 7 Challenge. Some people um, in the chat thread suggested that we do a, a dishcloth along during Uh Ulio 7. And I actually think that um, I might also just use 7 to think about my cottons in general. Um, I'd love to get knit as much of my cotton as possible um, so that when I need cotton, I can just go buy it instead of being like, oh, there's this cotton that's been haunting me for... I have some cotton in my stash from 2006. So just it's been there for a long time. So, um, so the dishcloth along idea was born, and people got very excited about it. And I recently came across a book from um, Cooperative Press called Dishcloth Diva. And they were um, kind enough to offer to give us a copy, each a copy, and offer a copy um, as a prize for the podcast. Um, and we got to take a look at it this week. And I actually already have uh, knit something out of it. You go. <laughs> well, I thought, let's give it a try. Um, I love and... this
2: little ebook. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's great, and it. I think it, it appeals to me for a few reasons. Like, I love the dishcloths that I've knit over the years, but I, with all of them, I remember thinking like I had to think about them, like I had to come up with a stitch pattern that I was going to use, and figure out the math. And what I love about this book is, she's picked out the stitch patterns. She's done the math. Right. Um, and I don't have to look through a bunch of dishcloth patterns on Ravelry. They're just there for me.
2: Well, now that I have a kid, I have a whole new appreciation for little scraps of fabric to, like, <laughs> wipe something up. Exactly. It's. I mean, like, I never thought that it would be, it was worth it to make those things aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. but it really is. Like, I think it does kind of, Make your life a little nicer.
0: Well, and it's funny when I first knit the first set that I did a few years ago, John was like, What are you making these for? And then, recent in the last couple like year or so, he asked me for more of them. He's like, These are great, we need more of these. Um, so I, I threw one out last night. The one that I made, I threw it out, I mean, I put it on the sink. I made the pattern, it's called Organic, and it's like. It's interesting it's a, it ends up looking like a zigzag, but while you're first knitting it, I actually couldn't see how the pattern was going to develop I, I thought I must be reading this wrong. This does not look like what it looked like in the book. It in fact does look exactly like it does in the book um and it really is just a matter of moving the knits and the pearls, um but it gives it a depth, kind of like a thickness, so uh-huh. it operates like a almost like a sponge, you know in in the sense of the thickness of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love the fact that I can just throw it in the laundry. I suppose I could throw a sponge in the laundry, but for some reason that grosses me out way more than putting a little cloth in the laundry. Yeah. You know, I hear Um, you. She does a little rundown at the beginning of the book, kind of talking about mercerized cotton what's mercerized cotton, what's organic cotton. And they're very brief. It actually, what it did is inspired me to look up more about those two things. And I'll put some Mm -hmm. links in the show notes. Um, Mercerization is this process that, and that's what that, that cotton that we see that looks shiny and it's supposed to make it stronger and it, it takes dye on better. I, I've, have you ever worked with mercerized cotton? Cause I feel like I have not.
2: I bought mercerized cotton and then I sold it.
0: Oh, was that? the
2: my Soho? It was, I forget what, what it was. It was that red cotton.
0: Did I also buy some?
2: I don't remember. Um, I was going to make something from Knitting Nature.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, I was going to make that giant t-shirt, the oversized t-shirt. The
0: kind
2: of OG? No. Um, it's basically just an oversized boat neck t-shirt with, like, little undulating pattern mm-hmm. of knit and purl on it. But, um... but the pattern keeps changing because the size of the little undulation things changes. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be easy, but actually the chart was kind of, you really had to pay attention because everything changed so frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, Plus like I hated knitting with it, that cotton, like I started it and then I just stopped and then I I gave it away.
0: I think that Mercerized Cotton, I, I actually take it back. I think I have knit with it. I knit with, um, a baby bonnet, and I think it's called Fantasy Natural. And it just, it's, I remember it being rough, but what I really wonder is for dishcloths whether or not that slickness would be better or less worse. absorbent. Yeah, less absorbent. I would, th-
2: I would think it'd be less absorbent. I mean, it felt kind of crunchy when I was knitting it. I think mm-hmm. it was talky Cotton Classic. Okay. Um, yeah. It's kind of crunchy. I mean, when you feel like Blue Sky, that fluffy cotton,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then you feel Cotton Classic, mm-hmm. of course, Blue Sky is going to be more absorbent. Like, I mean, it feels like a sponge.
0: Well, that's what I noticed. I mean, the the washcloth that I just, or dishcloth that I just knit was in some of the leftover Pacucho that I have. And mm-hmm. it, it's so soft. And... I don't think that Picucho is organic. But I do think that it No, is. I think it is. Oh, it is organic? Yeah. I didn't hear you when I was in one
1: morning.
0: You didn't. Okay. I love you, Papa.
1: Love
0: you, Papa. Good night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so Okay, it is I knew that, like, the process was, but um, I couldn't remember, and I didn't look it up. I kind of assumed that it wasn't. Um, but um, I think, so I did read some about organic cotton. I will also post this link in our show notes. That, um, and, you know, take it for what it is. It definitely, it's called Knowledge Cotton Apparel, so it's obviously coming from a, Cotton bias, and I think an organic bias. But I think because of the lack of the chemical process, both in the growing of organic cotton and the processing of organic cotton, um, you do get a softer product. And some might think that means it's less durable, but they contend that it makes it more durable because it's not being overprocessed. Huh. So I find that interesting. I also, you know, I just if it depends said, on the way it's spun. It's true, but it's just, this dishcloth is very, it feels very absorbent and very soft. Right. Um, And I think it's partially, oh, I, you know, I didn't give total credit where credit is due. Um, Oh, wow. There are a lot of things open here. Sorry. Um, The author of Dishcloth Dita is named Deb Buckingham. Is that right? Do you have it open?
2: I do have it open and it is Deb Buckingham.
0: Yes. So you know, I want to give big credit to Deb's pattern. choosing you know, the, the patterns that she's chosen because I think that they are designed to be effective as dishcloth. And maybe one of the things when I was trying to quote unquote design dishcloths myself is that I was just sort of picking something that I wanted to knit almost like a swatch, almost like, you know, a Barbara Walker sampler
1: <laughs> and right. that doesn't
0: necessarily make the best dishcloth. So, you know this dishcloth that I have just knit organic using the Picucho and using her pattern seems like a great dishcloth. Um, and the organic nature of the, the yarn. I also wanted to comment on, um, because I I always, this always sticks with me. The time that we talked with Helen Lee, the owner of the, 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 um, urban knitting studio, then that we no longer have in San Francisco. Um, she was talking about how important cotton, organic cotton is for the environment because of the runoff of chemicals into the watershed. Um, so I always keep that in mind when I choose cottons now and really want to think about if I'm going to knit with cotton that I I want to try to use organic cotton. And there's so many options now. I mean, even Knit Picks has their version of Picucho, which I assume is just really actually Picucho, you know, just rebranded as Knit Picks. So, um, you do have options. Anyway, so anybody who's doing Uli 07, definitely take a look at Dishcloth Diva. And we have a copy um, to give away to one lucky winner. And I want to give it away before Uli 07 starts, which I believe it starts on June 18th. Um, so, this giveaway will be in the sash and burn board and will close on that sunday june 16th father's day and um and then you will get your copy of dishcloth diva so enter to win we um i kind of i came up with another idea for a little feature we'll see how it goes tonight um <laughs> and um this was stash makeovers you know we we're, we're concentrating on using your stash or losing it and i know that i spend a lot of time when i'm browsing in ravelry looking for for patterns to match things in my stash like it's it's really like one of my many sub hobbies of my hobby of knitting <laughs> <laughs> and i always um when I listen to the Yarniacs, I always think it's interesting that uh, Charlene and Gail are st- often stalking patterns. Because what I feel like is I'm, like, stocking concepts. Like, okay, here's the yarn. What is it going to be? And I think that's sort of what happens when you have a, a bigger stash. So um, I had asked in one of the threads. I think I might have been in Cold Sheep. I started there. Um, asking people to send me some problem yarns from their stash and that Jenny and I would brainstorm some ideas of what they might want to knit with the, with the yarn. Uh-huh. So, um, the first yarn I was submitted by, um, Tasha BG master. And it is a yarn called Magica by GGH. And it is an Aaron weight yarn 98 yards per ball and it is self-striping but it's an unusual self-striping in that it has like a stripe motif like a noro but that it's it looks like it's always um, plied with a solid color so like a solid color runs through it and but then it also stripes how many are how many balls does she have? She has a, a sweaters worth of yarn.
2: Oh, uh, that's what I wasn't getting.
0: Yes, because I saw Jenny's suggestion was colorimetry. and I was like, "I'm like well. ninety eight
2: yards, huh?" Okay, <laughs> let me rethink. Let me rethink this. Well,
0: Tasha had a, a good idea herself, which is the sweater that she wanted to knit um, is a um, knitted kimono jacket, and. The problem is the pattern she chose is for a different weight and she would have to get another yarn to be contrasting. Mm -hmm. Um, And she liked it because it self-stripes, obviously, um, horizontally. Mm -hmm. And the kimono is knit in such a way that the stripes would then become vertical, which I think is a great idea. So I actually created a search in Ravelry that was for... Let's see. The search configuration I put in was knit sideways and then it could be a coat or sweater adult and female air and weight and some of the things I came up with there are things in here that are knit with self-striping yarn but there are plenty of things that aren't that I think possibly could fit like um pole by Hohe Locatelli might be kind of interesting because you would get what if, the, the stripes going in sort of different angles,
2: right? Or like, what about like a totem jacket?
0: Yeah, you know, Tompton. like, Tom, yeah, yeah, Tomten. Oh, is that what it's called?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I think my it's Tomten.
0: Maybe it is. T- yeah, <laughs>
2: no, you, you're right. You're totally right. I'm reading it now. I'm like, oh my god! I've been <laughs> saying that in years. my head. Years.
0: Um, um, something like that. That would work. Right. I mean, especially if she wants to keep that kimono shape. But um I will post a link to this search that I created. <laughs> um and there are there are similar kind of kimono style jackets um in in this uh search return that are in Erin. And um actually there's one can you get knitting style patterns online? I don't think so, but there's a perfect kimono jacket there. And then there's that book, um, like the knitted kimono, I think it's called, um, that I think would have things that are that shape. Or I'm looking, here's a pattern by Kate Jackson called linear. Uh Uh-huh. I like the, um, I like this, the knits that kind of create
2: a big Mm. V down the middle of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, it's, I, I'm looking at your search.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's a pattern called Vuxenwinkel.
0: Yeah, I love that pattern. I'd never seen that before. I don't. And it's not my kind of pattern, but it totally caught my eye. It wouldn't be nice with that
2: yarn, I think.
0: It's, yeah, so it's referred to as a shrug below. Oh, is it, is it crocheted? Is it? No, no, no. Look at that stitch pattern. I mean, and it says needle size ten.
2: Yeah.
0: Huh. Um. Yeah, I like that. There's something appealing about it. Oh, it's interesting. I think it's this like you knit sort of a funny shape, and so it's like a baby surprise jacket knit on the bias for adults.
2: Oh my size. god! Right. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, you're totally right. Totally worth giving a look at that. There's only five projects, but one of them, the color is rocking my world. If you look at Zipperella's Vuxenvilla, Vinkle, do <laughs> you see it? Hold on. It's oh, most- wow. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. It's this just crazy, like, neon, pink, bright blue, orange, green. It sounds like clown barf, but it looks freaking awesome. Um, but the one that's sort of the, it's it must be the designer's version, is knit in a strictly self-striping yarn. Actually, there's some interesting variations here. There's someone who knit it in black and white. Um, so, I think there's some, in that search return, um, there's some possibilities for that yarn. Um, I think That's definitely worth giving a look-see. The one that I think, though, that I like... I like the Vuxen... What, what is it again? Vixen Vunkle? What is that?
2: Vuxen <laughs> I'm going to totally have to knit one of those.
0: It's just totally... Just... It's a total uh, Jenny process knit. It's pretty cool. Um, Okay. So that was our first... Yarn makeover attempt. Um, Nerdy has a skein of Noro Fur which is a bulky silk cotton wool, Uh 165 um, yards, and she was going to knit Baldwin the Bathroom Monster, which is a Rebecca Danger pattern. That was was what she had assigned to it. I actually Mm -hmm. think that's a great idea. I think that stealth striping yarns for those Rebecca Danger patterns are great, because those funky little monsters are adorable and like the next one I knit, I would actually want to stripe the whole body, but hello, you don't have to do that if you have self-striping yarn. right? And a number of those patterns I didn't realize until I was looking more deeply into them are quite big. Um, if you knit with a bulky yarn, they end up being like 14 or 18 inches tall, which seems to me like pretty massive. Cute. Um, Another pattern that I've been really attracted to lately, I think you would need to have a, get more yarn or find other yarn in your stash, is the Inspira cowl. Had you ever seen this pattern before? Uh uh-uh. uh. A woman that I know through work um, had one on earlier this winter, and I, I was like, what is that? And it's this cowl that is knit with slip stitches using like. a lot of people have used two different colorways of different Noro yarns and it's written for several different um, gauges Uh yarn weights. so the one that I'm linking to is of the Inspira Cowell is um, a version called Ode to Catherine and this woman used Noro Furisode but um, isn't clear on how much she used and if that was the only yarn she used or she used something else
2: oh that's Um, really pretty isn't
0: that cool yeah. So you end up with this sort of these columns, these offset columns, and um, like in this example it looks like she was using a self-striping yarn with a, and then a solid yarn, so you get some of the blocks are solid color and some of them are self-striping. It's gorgeous. It right. may be not, you may not want to acquire more yarn t- <laughs> to right. burn off 165 yards, but I thought that, though, that might be an interesting way to go. And you had a couple of things.
2: Yeah, I, I was thinking about like a knitted snail along the toy pattern point of thought. Um, and then there is a little cow that I thought might be cute with and that
0: baby grand eyelet cowl.
2: Yeah, although I don't know how soft the Nora is going to be against your skin, which is why I think a toy might be the way to go. Because um, you know how there's always like bits of hay and
0: mm-hmm. it's vegetation true. in there? Well, the interesting thing about the, the spirit cowl, to go back to that, is that it's not really a neck cowl, it's a shoulder cowl? I guess it's more right. Like, it's not quite a poncho, it's not quite a... It's kind of like
2: harmonious rings. It's like a shoulder warmer cowl thing.
0: Right. So it's more, and I think it's the width is more shoulder width. So you're not going to have it right up against your neck. But I do see your point. Uh, Noro is sort of like your mileage may vary. Like there are people who just hate all Noro yarns. Um, I am not one of those people. Um, But I actually have thought about knitting this with this Noro Silk Garden sock that I have that I don't know why I've held on to this yarn forever. It's not, it doesn't really move me, but I always feel like it's going to be useful someday. Yeah.
2: I mean, sometimes I'm like, blah, Noro, and then I start knitting with it or doing something with it, and I'm like, this is awesome. Um, I think something about, like, the way that they, their colorways together is pretty
0: it pretty really awesome. Does it's yeah, it's exciting.
2: Yeah, you so. never know what's coming up. <laughs> You're like neon pink.
0: What? <laughs> totally. But somehow it works. I did hear. Um, I'm listening to a new to me, relatively new podcast that I really like called Twinset Design. Um, uh-huh. That is Twinset Jan, who is one of our listeners, and her twin sister Twinset Alice. And um, it's a really sweet, hilarious podcast. Actually, they remind me of my friend Mary and her partner, Carol. Now I know they're sisters and not a married couple, but there's just something about there, like have a, a quirky, punny sense of humor, which really appeals to me. Um, it reminds me of my paternal grandmother. She was very punny and my dad is very punny. So I love those kind of silly groaning jokes. Um, but they were talking about Noros, Silk Garden sock or Noro Korean sock one of the other and huh? um, I think a lot of people tend to turn that yarn into shawls which has been my inclination but uh-huh. they say it really shines as a sock yarn that it really should be used as a sock yarn well at least that's what Ellen says um, Jan I think hates it <laughs> way but then if it's knit at a nice tight gauge that the yarn mm. really shines and it had something to do with the way that it was spun and then they lost me because I don't know what the hell they were talking about you might but it was something about it was an energized single or something I don't know so it's
2: slightly overspun to make it a little firmer. right so when
0: you knit it you want to do so I don't know so it made me it did make me think well maybe I should knit socks out of those because that is what it's freaking called Noro because sock. you
2: love because you love knitting socks so much. But maybe if they're striped in cool Noro colors, <laughs> I'll be like,
0: "Wow, look, neon purple!"
2: Wait, it's... how are your socks doing?
0: What socks? Weren't you
2: knitting socks the oh, last time I talked to you? Possibly.
0: I was knitting a pair of socks for John. I knit one.
1: Excellent. They were
0: hard. It was the Java sock, a knitty pattern. Uh-huh. It's really cool looking, but it took a lot of thinking. A couple points a lot (laughs) (laughs) and then
2: you gave yourself a break
0: yeah uh, his birthday's not till September so good luck socks maybe I'll pick you up in August (laughs) Um, I'll be excited when I do it'll be a nice win only have to knit one sock yay Um, so I'll link link to those ideas Um, the next yarn was um from Stephanie, S.S. S. Burke's um, stash. And it's Glory Days by Briar Rose uh-huh. Fibers. And it's a DK. And, the, I mean, immediately I saw the yarn. The first thing I thought was, oh, you got to knit Rome by Laura Chow. Like, mm-hmm. no question. I think because I've always had a, a sweater crush on that sweater. And I never probably will admit it because it's seed stitch, right? It's like, some, right. like, but I think it's a yarn. It's a great yarn um pattern matchup because um Glory Days is a variegated yarn and mm-hmm. it, and she has a sweater's worth of it and I feel like if you are gonna knit a sweater out of variegated yarn you're going you have to have a textured or slip stitch pattern.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um I did look and see what other people had knit out of the same yarn and I I'm assuming that she has already done this but um Highlander by um, Anne Hansen is knit in the same yarn. Many people knit it in this yarn, and it looks great. There's textures, and I believe cables in Highlander. Maybe small cables. Um, yes, there's a small cable motif, and a lot of texture, and the variegation just looks. It it just it's they even each other out in a really great way.
2: I think it would depend on what the colors were in the variegation, but I love that sweater.
0: She does. She did link to it. And I think it is one of the more popular um, glory days colorways that, that you would find. So Rome Highlander, and then a couple of pullovers. I saw a really cool space girl knit Uh in in it. And, um,
2: you know, I love space girl. Yeah, You
0: know, I love me some space girl. And there isn't a lot of texture in that pattern, so I did find it interesting that it it resonated with me. It's a more subtle um, version of it of um, of Glory Days, and the other was um, someone knit a Kearsage or Kearsarge from uh, Lisa Lloyd's um, a fine fleece. And wow, that is and they, it's kind of a wild colorway, but again, the texture of Kearsarge. Um, Really does some balancing, but if it were me, I would probably knit Rome if I really wanted to knit a seed stitch sweater, or I would maybe even think about Highlander i really I, Highlander is so handsome,
2: yeah like it a is person, a very good looking cardigan
0: you know, and it's very it's like I think it's kind of a great unisex cardigan, like yeah, so, sometimes things are like more masculine or more feminine even if they mean to be unisex, but I really feel like this this hits it really well.
2: I was thinking um, when I saw that of the Electric Rose DK that I have.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And so that made me immediately think of my intended project for that, which is a variegated um, pile of yarn, which is Glenis C.'s Water Street cardigan. Uh-huh. Um, that one has like just kind of random stripes, garter strips in there. Or pearl pearled rose that um kind of break up the break up the color in a nice way.
0: Are they truly random or no? She's
2: I think they are random. Mm. She's like,
0: every couple of
2: rows. Throw in a of
0: pearls. That's the thing you wanna cast on next, right? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I see. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's meant for, again, meant for a variegated yarn, which I think, again, just adding texture really works for that. Plus, I
2: think that cardigan would go really fast.
0: (laughs) Unlike Rome. (laughs) Yeah, Rome is is more challenging. But right. um and Highlander, which is a little more challenging I think though, is one of those more consistent like you I know when I think that you're would cabling. go pretty fast too. Yeah, you know when you're cabling you know yeah. when you're texturing. Yeah. Um so then our friend Sherry Tangled Thread, she um has six skeins in one color of Pima silk. Which is 85% cotton, 15% silk, worsted weight yarn, and then she has two um, contrasting colors. And I don't exactly remember the yardage, I want to say it's like 109 on Pima silk. And she had said she had intended to make an Argyle vest, but that literally the yarn is pilling in the balls, so she like can't imagine doing that. Um, I, liked... I can't
2: imagine knitting color work in that Pima silk because no, it would be so slippery.
0: Either. I can't either. And yeah, I think it might be heavy was the yes. other reaction. But I, I liked the idea of a vest and I um, I don't know how you felt about it, but if you felt like would a less structured vest be better in that yarn? So I was thinking like maybe I something was... from Coco Knits?
2: That would I I always, I don't think of coconuts as having a lot of like striped effects though. No, you know? but
0: she has a minimal amount of stripe being, you know, it's much more the original yarn and then right. less of the, the stripe yarn. So I, I think, think
2: it would it, be cool. I think coconuts would be cool. I was thinking about um, that stripy boat neck t shirt, Rose Rouge. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, even though they use a fingering weight yarn, um, the gauge is twenty,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so I think it would work for Pima silk.
0: The other thinking I had was if it's something that's already pilling, perhaps knitting it at a tighter gauge, right, might be better. Um Although I, I knitting cotton tight would be kind no, of miserable. You're right. You've got a point there. Um see I had a couple of other suggestions oh I really like this again it's about the yardage and the stripe which is a pattern called Seabrook and it's a Barocco pattern it's free and it's very open Um, and I think it is also in seed stitch though (laughs) I just saw that Um, but I think the drapiness of the cotton and the silk and something open so even if it was pilling it, would, it, it wouldn't matter as much, I think, if there was more give. Right.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: or what about like a little,
2: what if you striped a cardigan like trousseau? What do you,
0: wait, cardigan or shawl? Oh,
2: oh, wait. What is the Nora Gone cardigan that's three quarter length sleeves with a little textured stitch at the top and it's stocking it on the bottom? it's a twist collective pattern
0: okay um yeah man. Nora, gone that's like
2: a million patterns yeah. like... i'm just going straight to twist this really early pattern hmm. but i think it might the textured part doing a color the color sequencing on the top might look really cool And kept the bottom solid. Um, Let me see. That one is knit. Why do I keep thinking it's called Trousseau? I don't think it is called Trousseau. It's called Ashbury.
0: Ashbury.
2: (laughs) That's in pure Pima.
0: Oh, look at that. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I don't think she has nearly enough yarn for that. It starts at nine hundred and twenty,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but I see what you mean. Create something with color a little color work on the top. I do think yeah, I think it's because it's cotton and silk, you want something that responds to that drape that doesn't need to be structured mm-hmm um. I had also looked at a pattern called Aileen. It's Laura Ayler. She has actually a number of vest patterns. It's a very simple vest that falls open. Um again, I don't know where you would work that second color in or the second and third colors in, but I I think I'm just working on that idea of something a little more drapey, a little more open responds to the yarn so, great um, i think i we just probably added more possibilities and not really even any answers to sherry um and the last um yarn makeover is um fine serenity now carol she has eight skeins of carina by lana grossa it's a bulky yarn it's cotton, mohair, merino, and angora, and she had intended to do a kind of a colorwork adult size sweater, mm-hmm. um, and I, she is doing fit to flatter, and in the fit to flatter, um, thread, and I just I can't imagine now because I've seen her like we've a few of us have posted our pictures, our knit to flatter pictures, and I can't imagine you in a big bulky colorwork sweater like that. Um, mm-hmm and the patterns that she has sort of attached or earmarked a couple of them one is uh, the Modish Cowl a free pattern by Stephen West um, which is a, I think would be perfect for this yarn but one of the problems is it would leave her with yarn um, it's squishy garter stitch to color cowl um, and then I actually had earmarked another pattern that is just called two color cowl. Oh no, she had remarked this too. That's got a cable, twisted cable, lots of texture, which I think could get lost in that yarn. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess my for, my inclination is to say knit a lap blanket, capitalize on the idea of a garter stitch, and let the fluffiness of the yarn sort of just make it a kind of a comfort knit. But right. you had a suggestion.
2: Well, for some reason, when I saw, a, I was just browsing patterns that were knit in cocoon, mm-hmm. um, and I saw someone knit a tree line cardigan in a bulky yarn, mm-hmm. and it looked pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you'd have to do a lot of mods
0: to, to get, kind of get it to, to look that. Get... Yeah. It is a free pattern, so maybe like the payment is that you have to invest the time right, huh yeah that that's different. I wouldn't have gone that way, but to do something that's like one row one row stripes, is that what yeah, tree line is one row stripes, how do they do that?
2: I don't know how she did that.
0: It could be kind of interesting,
2: yeah, hmm, yeah, I, I kind of like the way that turned out.
0: Interesting. Um, so, um, hopefully we've (laughs) led you someplace. Some of you, um, very least now, you know what, um, what my Ravelry browsing is like.
2: (laughs) You just love Ravelry search. I love it. I love love
0: it. I love it. um, well, I'm glad, um, Jenny, that we were able to find this time. And Jenny's getting to knit. I know. It's like a miracle. It's great. I'm hoping to just at least get through the rest of the ribbing on my other front and get both of the fronts on the needle tonight to be mm-hmm. poised to um, to start knitting the body of Ashlyn.
2: Yay!
0: <laughs> or Aislinn. Um <laughs> Or totem, um, or totem, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I also um, knitting this, and I love this yarn. It's great, but please don't let me buy yellow yarn for a while. Okay, please don't. I've had enough.
2: All right, I'm no yellow on, yarn I'm for up, either of us.
0: Full up on yellow yarn.
2: I have to say that being monogamous does make you want to buy yarn more. Just because you feel like you need some sort some of some
0: sort of distraction, something, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Although, oh, you know, someone was asking what I thought of your cold sheeping.
0: Oh yeah, what I, what you thought?
2: What do you think? Yeah, uh, cold sheep, do it. I mean, I'm trying to cold sheep, even though I bought three sweaters worth of cardigans this year.
0: Yeah, but didn't you do that like right while you were waiting for Matilda or something? Yeah. Yeah. You even bought it Plus, already. I didn't.
2: Do- Plus, I didn't go to stitches.
0: Yay. Yeah.
2: So I think I still came out ahead.
0: I think that there's, for me, the idea of doing the three yards out, one yard in, it just makes sense. I mean, I, must, I should knit what I have, because my inclination is always just to buy more. Mm-hmm. And that's illogical.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, once you
2: realize like how long it takes to go through some of your yarn, like this Rios that never ends. Yeah. Just like, what am I, what am I thinking when I'm like, oh, I'll just pick up a skein of this.
0: It's that con for sc- me. It's all that consolation yarn. Yeah.
2: But um, sometimes you need to buy it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah.
0: It did actually. I was when I went out and bought that. I, I just have to keep saying lace weight cotton because it's kind of mind blowing. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, new yarn! Look how pretty you are." <laughs> well, I mean, once you
2: get to your stash goal, like, and you start buying and immediately casting on, won't that feel even better?
0: Oh, totally. Theoretically, theoretically, yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping to do that. Yes. On next month when I'm able to buy yarn to make my um, my very own Audrey announced, although oh my gosh I went into Article practice this weekend and I have a new yarn crush
1: uh-huh. uh huh
0: Brooke Signs Sincere Sheep is selling her yarn at Article Prack and she has a DK weight Polworth silk I'm imagining maybe the same base that Lisa uses and uh huh she has some seriously pretty colors. It was really pretty uh,
2: see i I actually haven't been in a yarn store since Matilda was born
0: yeah you know, that was that's smart good job yeah <laughs> yay um, it, yeah it's it's been fine. I'm happy, although as I've gotten, I've gotten up. Like I've knit seven of my ten projects, and now the last three, or I know, are just going to feel like they take forever.
2: Maybe you should make your last three dishcloths.
0: <laughs> no, I have all these. <laughs> I have all these internal, you know, restrictions. Why that can't work? Oh, yeah, no, that. it has to be a certain yardage to count, and some projects. Yeah, all the dishcloths I knit. And for Uli are going to be considered one project, as far as my cold sheep goals go.
2: So how how much yardage do you have to use to make it count as a project?
0: Um The lowest I have used is like 130 yards, and in May, early May, I knit two. I I was going to knit some hats for charity, and I Mm -hmm. made those count. I needed to knit two for it to count as one project. Okay. So I have, you know, like, I wanted to, it has to be over 100 yards, and I actually kind of feel like it should be closer to 200 yards.
2: So three dishcloths would count.
0: Oh, more like four. I mean three, yes, but four. It was 44 yards for the one that I knit the other day. Oh, really? I really yeah. <laughs>
2: so I should I should just put, cast on one of those to just take the pressure off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's fast. I cast it on. It was, I mean, I started it one day and finished it the next day. It's nice. And then you can clean up some spit up. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> that sounds perfect. All right, folks, thanks for listening and enter the contest to win Dishcloth Cloth Diva. Thank you to uh, Prize Donors Cooperative Press. Thank you to Brenda Castile. Thank you, Judy Marples. And um, we will be back to
1: talk to you soon. Yay! Sweat Spot Susan, won't you give me a line?